Welcome to Wolverine Wrestling Report. This is week two of the dual season. This episode's getting out a little bit late. I had some kind of real life stuff I had to deal with. But it's okay because the duel this weekend is on Sunday. There is no uh, Friday night duel. Michigan will be taking on Indiana. Uh, later in the episode, I'm going to preview that with uh, Austin Early, who is uh, a wrestling coach. He's the host of the Changing Levels podcast, and he's uh, an Indiana guy. Uh, for now, I'm just going to recap the Maryland duel, uh, the Rutgers and the Maryland duels. Michigan won both of those pretty convincingly. Uh Michigan beat Rutgers by a score of 26 to 10 and beat Maryland 38 to 3. Uh, good opening weekend overall. Uh, I thought the team looked pretty good. Uh, Dylan Ragazin at 133 looked very good. Uh, his you know pass buys and stuff seemed to be working well. He he showed he's got the horsepower at this weight. I mean he's he's pretty big for the weight, um, but hopefully just having two months. Uh, instead of a, a four to five month season, will make it easier to hold the weight. He pinned Nick Aguilar and then he majored King Sandoval from Maryland. Didn't get to legs that much, but he he pretty much did what he had to do. It's hard to fault him when he took the guy down uh, and rode him most of the match uh, and, and got a, a pin in the first period. A pin in one minute and one second in the Rutgers match. Uh, Jack Medley weighed in at 125 and then wrestled 33. And he basically just did the Jack Medley thing. He got to his front headlocks. He went head in the hole. He scored. He was able to put in some time on top. He gets good forward pressure. A lot of times he doesn't even flatten the guy out. He doesn't you know, completely crush him. But he just gets good pressure, and they just can't really go anywhere. Uh, and so he he really controls the match, and then his gas tank is incredible. Basically, no one can keep up with him in the third. He beat uh, Devin Britton uh, from Rutgers 10-5. to uh, He beat the, uh, the Maryland kid, uh, Jackson Cockrell, 12-5. to And then he also wrestled an extra match at, uh, down at 25 against Maryland, and he won that one by Tech uh, with no back points. It was 14 takedowns in an escape, won that 25 to 10. Uh, at 141, Drew Matten had uh, kind of a rough outing against Sebastian Rivera. He did all right on the feet. He definitely was the defensive guy. Rivera got to his legs once or twice, but Matten was able to avoid the takedown. Uh, when it got to the mat, which you probably would have thought would be uh, comparatively better for Matten, uh, that's where things got ugly. He got reversed uh, at the start of the second, uh, got ridden out basically the rest of the match, gave up a turn and a stall point. Rivera looked really good. It's hard to be too upset with Matten, but... Uh, you, you do want to see your guy competing a little bit better, uh, especially on bottom. Uh, and, and Matten bounced back pretty well. He actually got taken down in the first period against uh, Bertoni from Maryland. Uh, but he was, he was I think, more aggressive in that match and then uh, rode him and then eventually pinned him in that match. Uh, he was working a wrist and a half um, and 
took him over midway through the second. Uh, I, I think a pretty good opening weekend for Matt and up at 141. Uh, Cannon Store had a really, really frustrating match with Van Brill from Rutgers. Uh, he, he was definitely the better guy. He was definitely controlling the ties. But the way he wrestled, he doesn't get a lot of scoring chances. He gets a lot of half chances and quarter chances where he, he gets a little bit of a bite on a front headlock. He is able to touch the leg but not get in deep. Um, and I, th I think it plays a little bit better in freestyle where if you're able to get your hands to a leg, if nothing else, you can just take the guy out for one. Uh, he was not able to get to legs, really. Uh, Van Brill got to his leg and almost took him down late. Store ended up winning the match 4-2 in tie breaks. Uh, he wrestled a little better against Michael North from Maryland. Um, North is actually, in a lot of the rankings, uh, higher regarded than Van Brill. Uh, and Store won that pretty convincingly. The final score was 8-4. It was 8-2, and Store took a bad shot. Uh late in the match to try and get the major and gave up a takedown. But he wrestled pretty well in that match, and I'm hoping he'll open things up going forward. Will Lawan had a pretty good weekend. I don't know how good uh, Robert Canniard, or I guess they pronounce it Canard from Rutgers is. Uh, he, he seems to be pretty highly regarded. I don't know much about him. Luan was uh, getting to the guy's legs pretty easily. He was... Uh, getting to his underhooks pretty easily. Uh, and then the guy kind of out-hustled him in the third. Um, it wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't It was Lawan gassing out. It was Lawan maintaining his pace and the Rutgers wrestler just going crazy. Um, it, it was a pretty good performance overall, but it was maybe a little disappointing that he wasn't able to get the major. Score of that was 11-5. to five. And then against Maryland, he just killed the guy. Uh, Lucas Cordio won that match 22 to 6. Cam Amin was really impressive this weekend. He beat Brett Donner from Rutgers 10 to 4. Uh, and then he beat uh, John Spatafora from Maryland 13 to 5. In both matches, he was getting to legs well. He was finishing at a really high rate. Um, I was a little bit skeptical of Cam Amin's chances this year because from what I'd seen, he didn't shoot a ton he didn't score a ton uh, and I was basically worried that he would let people hang around in matches where he'd he'd be better than the guy but the score would be four to two uh, and he was you know really getting after it he was moving guys uh, he he was getting to the high crotch he was getting to the knee pull he had a really good double to finish the match against Spatafora from Maryland uh, and his, his top game was really good. I think he finished all six periods that he wrestled this weekend on top, which is huge. It's a really, really good uh, opening weekend to his college career for Amin. Logan Massa uh, majored both his opponents 13-5 to over Joe Grello and 18-10 to over Phil Spatafora. There were moments in both matches where he looked great and moments where he did not. Um, and part of it is he was kind of just 
uh, I don't want to say cocky, but he was sort of going for things that he probably wouldn't against uh, a better opponent, and that's fine. It's a little bit concerning that he got taken down out of a scramble in both matches um, uh, against Grello, the first takedown of the match, and then against Spadafora, it was kind of in, the, I think, the second period. Uh, both times it was, it looked like Massa was going to score, and then uh, the guy basically was just a step ahead, of, was a step quicker than him in getting around Grello was almost taken down, but he had Massa's foot underneath, and then he came up with it and circled behind. Uh, Spadafore, it was a weird position off of uh, Massa's shot. He tried to come up the middle. The guy locked either through the crotch or around the waist, and then kind of just rolled him back. Um, I forget exactly what happened, but it was kind of a weird position, but he, he rolled him back, and then did sort of a go-behind in Massa, just didn't react quickly enough, I guess. Um, but th there were moments where like, oh man, this guy's unstoppable, when he was getting to the guy's legs, when he was getting him into the front headlock. Um, and he, he was pretty good on top as well. Decent uh, start for Massa, I think. Uh, at 184, it was Joe Walker. Uh, I, I don't know, there hasn't been any kind of public statement about what Miles Amin is doing, uh, why he wasn't wrestling, but hopefully we'll have him back soon. Walker's a true freshman, but he did uh, pretty well. Lost to John Poznanski from Rutgers, who is apparently pretty good. He's a true freshman, but uh, Rutgers fans are high on him. Then he lost to um, Kyle Cochran from Maryland, who was their starter last year at 65. Um, has been a, a decent lineup guy for Maryland. Uh, both matches he got taken down early and kind of got better as the match went on, was getting to legs. Um, you know, scored a takedown against Cochran, got to his legs a couple more times late. Uh, just couldn't finish. Uh, Cochran created a couple scrambles. No, but that, that was a 3-2 match. Um, it seems like Walker's already starting to figure things out, get a little bit better. Uh, Andrew Davison wrestled at 197. We thought before uh, it might be Jelani Embry. Um, Davison lost to Billy Janzer from Rutgers 4-1. to one. It was not a great match. He basically didn't. He got to a shot once, uh, and then I think gave up a go-behind off of it. Um, had a hard time getting off bottom. And Janzer is really tough to score on. Uh, he beat Jelani Embry in tie breaks last year. Uh, that, that was a 1-1 match where basically n neither of them did anything. <clears throat> uh, Davison actually wrestled pretty well against uh, Jer uh, yeah, Jaron Smith from Maryland. Smith was, I think he was not a national qualifier last year, but he was close. Uh, Jackson Strigow beat him close a few times, so it looks like Davison is maybe at a similar level to Strigow. Uh, Davison was getting the legs a lot better in that match. Um, He's able to get off bottom against Smith, who uh, is a pretty good leg rider. So that was a, definitely a positive. And hopefully he just needed more 
time on the mat, more competition, he's going to sharpen up a little bit. But I do wonder if we see somebody else in that spot, if they give Jelani Embry a go, if Gage Garcia, who's a true freshman, gets a match. I, I don't think that one's going to happen. I think it's probably going to be one of the more established guys. Um, but it, I was hoping to see uh, a bit of an upgrade. Strigo did not have a great year last year. Um, he, he was a national qualifier, but only barely. Um, and right now it looks like we're at about the same level of performance at that weight. Um, decent, decent dual meet debut for Andrew Davison, but I think could have been better. Uh, Mason Paris won pretty easily. Uh, Major Christian Colucci from Rutgers. There was a, a weird thing with the scoreboard. They they put the points up wrong or something, and there was doubt whether it was a major or not. But uh, in the end, it was eleven to three, uh, or eleven to two actually. Uh, and then he wrestled Connor Bowes from Maryland, uh, and that kid was pretty overmatched. Um, pinned him in a minute thirty nine. Paris got to legs pretty well. He was. I, th I think in both matches within the first 15 seconds, he'd taken the guy down. It's hard to take too much out of these matches in terms of what it means for the rest of his season where he stacks up with guys like Steveson and Kirkfleet. Uh, but it's it's probably encouraging that he's you know taking shots, he's taking risks. Uh, good opening weekend for him. I gave a outstanding wrestler of the Rutgers duel to Ragazin. Uh, I would give outstanding wrestler of the Maryland duel to probably Cam Amin. If I had to do three stars of the weekend, like hockey, I would give it to Ragazin, Amin, and Mason Paris. Uh, everybody uh, on the team except Walker won at least one of their matches, uh, and Walker is obviously not not supposed to be a starter. He's a true freshman. Uh, they also did some extra matches, so in the Big Ten, in all wrestling this year, because there's no open tournaments and there's no non-conference duels, um, it's, it's hard to get matches, so they're doing extra matches where they're, they're basically exhibitions, but they do count for your record. They could count for... Uh, your seeding or for uh, an at-large qualification to the national tournament. Uh, there were eight or nine against Rutgers uh, and a few more against Maryland. Uh, Patrick Nolan from Michigan beat Zach Firestone from Rutgers. Uh, Cole Matten lost to Gerard Angelo 9-6 to from Rutgers. Uh, Matten wrestled 41 last year. He has been up at 49 this year for these matches. I don't know if that is that's his weight now or if it's just easier to find a match at that weight. Angelo was Rutgers starter last year. That's not a terrible loss to take. Uh, and then Madden wrestled again against Hunter Baxter from Maryland and won that match 7-1. to one. Uh, Nick Lombard beat Andrew Gappes from Rutgers uh, at 149. At 57, Fidel Mayora beat Cody Harrison from Rutgers, and he also beat Garrett Fisk from Maryland, um, and he looked pretty good. Uh, the, the Rutgers matches were not broadcast. The Maryland ones were, so I got to watch Mayora uh, pin Fisk. He looked pretty good. 
Uh, Lane Van Anroy beat Connor O'Neill from Rutgers. Uh, Max Mailer beat Jackson Turley uh, from Rutgers, which is a good win for him. Mailer was the starter last year, seemed kind of in over his head. Um, but Turley is a, a pretty decent uh, freshman for Rutgers. Was ranked number 55 by WrestleStat. That's the kind of match Mailer would have lost last year. Um, again, I didn't get to actually see the match. I don't know what happened. Score was 7-5, to five, but um, that's, that's a good result for Mailer. Um, that's encouraging to see that he's still developing. Uh, JT Carell beat Kyle Epperly from Rutgers and Kevin McCosey from Maryland. Uh, who else? Luke Reddy lost to Alex Esposito for Rutgers at heavyweight, 4-3. to uh, Jaden Bullock from Michigan wrestled off Phil Spadafora. Spadafora, the guy who uh, Massa had wrestled, the starter. Uh, and Bullock is a true freshman. Bullock ran through him on a double in the first. Uh, Bullock took him down off a single leg in the second. Was looking really good. Um, and Spadafora took a shot and came up to the head. Bullock dealt with it pretty well. Uh, and then they got to the edge of the mat and he just relaxed. Uh, and w once he went out, but Spadafora's feet were still in. Uh, Bullock kind of eased up. Uh, Spadafora took him to his back and pinned him, um, which is, you know, a, a tough lesson to learn, but this is a good time to learn it. Um, he, he was wrestling well on his feet. He, you know, you maybe have to discount it a little bit because Spadafora had just wrestled a full match, probably less than an hour before. Um, but it, it was some good wrestling from Bullock, and I think... He's, he's one to watch uh, the next couple years. Uh, some news in the Big Ten. Penn State's duel against Rutgers has been postponed, they say, due to uh, a positive COVID test in the Penn State program. Um, I don't think it'll be rescheduled. I think that one's going to end up just being canceled. Uh, it's it's going to be tough this year getting getting to March, just getting uh, as many matches in as you can. There's going to be a lot more cancellations. Uh, I think North Carolina has had uh, their, their duels this weekend have been canceled. Their opening weekend duels were canceled. Uh, there's been a bunch of schools that haven't wrestled at all yet this year because they've had positive tests. Um, and it, it looks like the policy is one positive test in the program. Uh, shuts your whole team down for the next week or two. Uh, I don't know how we're going to make it to a national tournament. I don't know how we're going to do conference tournaments. I guess we'll deal with that when the time comes. But I think the way to approach the season is we've got to just enjoy the wrestling that we get. Uh, we can't count on there being you know, the, the full postseason that uh, we're used to. Uh, we've got to Take advantage of these matches and uh, be grateful for them. And hope everybody stays safe. Now let's get to uh, the Indiana preview with Austin. All right, let's get started. Okay. We're here today with Austin Early. Austin is a wrestling coach in the state of Indiana and the host of the Changing Levels podcast. And we're going to be talking about Michigan's duel this weekend with Indiana University. Austin, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great, Jack. How are you? Good. Glad to have Good. you on here after um been on your podcast a couple of times, get to return the favor. Yeah, it's nice to be the guest for once. Uh, I can kind of just kind of talk talk my thing and kind of get on with it and not have to worry about editing it and stuff like that. So at least not till I record mine this week. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the season, what did you think about um, Indiana's team? Any expectations you might have had or just general thoughts? Well, um, going into this year, it's Angel Escobedo's third year at the helm after Dwayne Goldman um, was at, was the head coach for a couple decades. I think the general consensus was they were going to kind of take a step this year. Um, they brought in some, some pretty decent freshmen. Um, they've had some success with some of their red shirts. And I think people thought that this would be a, a step up kind of year. Um, so that's kind of what at least we thought around here anyway. Mm-hmm. And then how did you think of uh, Illinois' first uh, match of the year this past weekend against Illinois? Um, well, I did not think that it went very well, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. You lose 39-3. to I know Illinois is a very tough squad. Um, I-, I just don't think that that was very indicative of the talent in that IU room. And even uh, Coach Escobedo, he kind of said, you know, he didn't think it was a great representation of the program. Um, you could tell he was frustrated, and and uh, IU honestly looked a little gassed at times and, and not ready to wrestle. And, and it seemed strange to me that um, a couple of their starters were also out that I thought we would be mm-hmm. in there. Um, so it's definitely not looking great right this second and it's only going to get harder for here from here so mm-hmm. yeah it it seemed to me like um a bit of a surprise to see him not be more competitive i thought like you uh indiana would be taking steps forward you know we talked last week with um richard mann on the maryland show you know it can be really tough in this conference if you're one of the bottom teams and especially this year where you don't get any tournaments you don't get any non-conference duels you're just getting beat on from the start but um did you have any um thoughts on michigan's team going into this season um i mean any I, big, I, you know team race hype or anything like that i think they're legit and the real deal i think they could really push iowa um at least in a duel mm-hmm I'm not sure about the national tournament itself, but then again, this is a weird year, and we have kind of already talked about it. It's been talked about by everybody that, you know, with the way seeding is going to work this year and the way, you know, the national tournament might work, who knows how it's going to play out. So Michigan, some things might fall their way, and it, it could end up being a lot closer than we think. I, I do think, you know, you got the horses, you got Michich, and you got, um, you know, heck, their whole lineup. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's just horses. So I think really at this point, and at least in my opinion, it's a two-person race or two-team race between mm-hmm. Michigan and Iowa. Yeah, so now let's go uh, just wait by wait through this duel. Uh, at 125, Michigan has Dylan Ragazin. He um, has finally entered the rankings after wrestling a couple of matches. Uh, and he's looked really good in those matches. 
uh, for Indiana, you think it'll be Brock Hudkins? Um, I would assume so. Brock came into the season ranked in the top 25. Um, he has been as high as number eight in some rankings. Um, I believe Flo has him ranked like 14th or 15th this this week. Um, he did not look super great against uh, uh, Cardani or however you say that from Illinois. Um, he lost three to one. He is coming off of a knee injury, um, but he's a very solid wrestler and. And I think once he gets some of this rust knocked off, um, he's going to be contending for All-American status. Um, mm -hmm. Is he on Ragason's level? Probably not. Uh, but I don't think he's going to go out there and get whipped over and pinned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he. Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed uh, he lost that match to Cardani. Cardani was basically in on his legs the whole match. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he transferred from Northern Illinois and had a really good first half of the year last year, mm -hmm. was ranked pretty highly, and then got injured. Um, and I guess you wonder if he's going to be able to get back to the level he was at before the injury. I really hope so. Mm -hmm. um, he was a rounded 12 guy at Northern Illinois and then came here, like you said, had a great first half of the year um, before that injury kind of derailed him. Um, I, he definitely has the ability. We'll just have to see if, you know, like you already said, I mean, kind of getting beat on a little bit and how tough 125 is right now in the Big Ten, you're going to have grueling match after grueling match, and mm -hmm. and it's not going to get any easier for him. So, I mean, it's possible, I think, Escobedo could send out someone like Jacob Moran mm -hmm. in one of these duels to kind of give Brock a chance to rest. Uh, Moran, very highly touted recruit from Indiana. Um he spent a gap year at the Olympic Training Center co um, under Coach Jackson and had some good results out there. So I wouldn't be maybe not this duel, but maybe in the future we mm -hmm. could see Moran. And I believe he wrestled in the extra matches against Illinois. Did that yeah, happen? And he, yeah, he won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, at 133, uh, Michigan. I don't know if Stevan Micic will be back. Uh, of course, from the state of Indiana originally. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really top level guy. Um, I think it's between him and Dayton Fix for the national title. Maybe you put Roman Bravo Young in there. Um, I mean, Fix isn't going to be wrestling until February, so I don't know why he's in the rankings. It seems like Mitch should be ranked number one. Uh, but I, I basically expect him to kind of put it on anybody outside that top three or four guys. Yep, I agree. Um, who do you expect Indiana to send out here? Um, well, the other night they sent out, uh, they sent Caden Rooks out, mm -hmm. which surprised me. Asa Garcia, uh, the redshirt freshman, um, was, is the projected starter. Um, so I'm not sure why that is. Um, uh, when I was kind of looking at it, uh, the last couple of days, I thought there's a chance that, of three guys getting out there. Um, you have Jonathan Moran, which is Jacob Moran's brother, mm -hmm. uh, the 25 pounder. And we have Caden who wrestled against... Um, Illinois, and then you have Asa Garcia, like I said, who is the projected starter. Um, I would be, I would think they send Asa out this time. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, then again, who knows? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I thought he would have gone out the first time, but if it is Michich, um, I, I expect a major for mm -hmm. for Michich um, for sure. So, yeah. And to least. make it uh, even more complicated. WrestleStat also lists Kyle Luigs, who had a pretty good year at 41 a couple mm -hmm. years ago, I think. 
Yeah. And um, for Michigan, it, if Meechich isn't back, they'll probably be Jack Medley again, who's a top 15 type guy at down at 25. And he's been uh, weighing in at 25 and wrestling 33. So who knows how that goes. Yeah, I think I, I, I could see that match being a little close. If it's Garcia, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a, a decision for Medley. Probably not bonus points, but mm-hmm. I still think Michigan gets their hand raised there. Mm-hmm. And then at 141, uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty for Michigan, but it looks like Drew Matten is going to be the guy after uh, a redshirt year. He lost to uh, Sebastian Rivera from Rutgers, but then had a good win against Bertoni, I believe, from Maryland. Um, for Indiana, is it going to be Paul Conrad? I would assume so. Paul Conrad, the junior, um, he's had some good results. Um, then again, he's had some head-scratching results. Um, so... For me, it, it, it's it's one of those things. I don't. I really don't see them sending out um, Bolivar. Um, so it, it's probably going to be Paul Conrath. He's pro- he's the clear guy at that weight, and um, I definitely see it probably going for Matt in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at 49, Michigan, I think he'll have Cannon Store. Uh, for Indiana, I thought it was going to be Graham Rooks. Do you know if he'll be back this weekend? Um, I haven't heard anything. I, I tried to reach out and um, see if I could find out and didn't really hear anything back. Um, again, a head scratcher for me. Um, I, I didn't hear why he didn't wrestle against Illinois in the first place. Um, if not, they'll probably go with Luke Bowman again or Bauman. Um, I, I really hope it's Rooks. I think I think Rooks can give Cannon a, a solid match. I I, I know they wrestled last year, and it was a close one. Um, actually, I think it was at the Big Tens, um, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. 3-2 um, at the Big Ten tournament. Okay. Um, so I think if if Graham is ready to go, that could be a possible um, win for IU. Probably the only one that I can see. Um, Cannon is not for some it has just not had the I think some of the results that maybe some people in the Michigan mm-hmm. fandom maybe have wanted I don't know if you agree with that but a little bit yeah um, yeah I think this is um, this could be a, a sneaky one where Rooks had a really good stretch in the middle of last season where he was beaten uh, a bunch of you know top 20 guys mm-hmm. um, and stores a guy that is never gonna really pull away from anybody it's always going to be a close match his opponent is usually going to be in it until the end he had to go to tiebreakers against uh, Van Brill last week from Rutgers and um, almost got taken down uh, at the end of regulation so that's definitely one if, if Rooks is healthy could be um, could be a dangerous one and I think that's really the question um, is it going to be is it a health issue or is it mm-hmm are they are they just not didn't think he was ready to go personally i didn't think anybody looked ready to go against illinois so mm-hmm. maybe they'll just throw him out there but who knows so um, i i i do think that graham will probably get that start and i'll probably lean towards cannon for this one by decision again um just because it is uh graham's first time out mm-hmm. 
At 157, Michigan will probably have Will Lewan, a guy I really like. Um, had a decent opening weekend. He didn't look great late in the match um, against Rutgers, and then um, against Maryland, he, he just completely put it on. The guy, the kid, was a little bit overmatched. Um, it, Indiana has a, a lot of wrestlers listed. It was Jonathan Curvin mm-hmm. last week. Do you think it'll be him again? Um, well, um, the starter, from what I've heard, is Matt Ortiz, um, but Kervin, I've heard, is also getting really, has gained a lot of confidence in the room and has looked pretty good, and I think that's maybe why they threw him out there. Um, he's a true freshman, Matt Ortiz, a redshirt freshman, um, again, I, it's kind of like the Rook situation. Um, did they hold him back because he wasn't ready to go? Was it an injury? Not a lot had come, has come out of that room as far as information. Um, but I, I could I could see either one. Um, I don't think it'll matter really which one it is. Um, I think it'll be a major or so for Michigan either way. Mm-hmm. And at 165, um, Michigan will have Cam Amin, who looked pretty good, I thought, in his first couple of duels. Had I think uh, a six or seven point win and then a major decision. Uh, Indiana, do you know who uh, who's going to go out at sixty five? Uh, it's definitely probably going to be Nick South, the redshirt freshman, okay. um, who had some uh, good um, results last year in opens. He did lose in the season opener to uh, uh, Danny Braunagel, um by Tech Fall, um, but I don't really think that's very indicative of how good Nick South is. Um, I think this could be another sneaky one because South is one of those um, those athletes that can kind of keep a match close. Um, but getting tech fall by Braun Eagle kind of makes me wonder what's going on there. Um, like, for example, I mean, him and Carson Karchula had a really tight match last year. Um, and we know that Karchula kind of has set the world on fire here after the RTC Cup. So, you know, he's he's kind of one of those athletes that can kind of get the ball if he got if he gets the coaching he needs and and uh, gets some mat time. I think maybe towards the end of the year he could he could sneak in there. But probably right now, I see, I mean, kind of run away with it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 74, uh, Michigan's going to have Logan Massa, who looked pretty good in his first. First time wrestling folk style in a couple of years. He had, I think, two major decisions. Um, gave up a couple of takedowns. Looked a little bit sloppy at some points in those match, but he was pretty relentless. Got to legs a lot. Um, finished pretty well. And the you know him winning the match was never really in doubt. Um, Indiana, I think it'll be uh, DJ Washington. Yeah. And he looked good against uh, Illinois. Yeah, he did. He was really the bright spot. Um, and uh, DJ, he, um, he he was really, honestly, the bright spot for them last year um, on the redshirt side of things where he, t- he took sixth at Midlands. And um, he's always been very solid, and I think he's the kind of kid that can kind of really surprise some people. Um, I think right now he's probably a top 40 kind of guy, probably in that mid-30s range. Um, 
you know, uh, he probably not up to Mass's level right now, but uh, who knows? It could end up being close, but mm -hmm. I, maybe not this time. Maybe down the line. Um, probably uh, Massa major at this point. Okay. Yeah, he um he definitely seems like a guy who's probably not all the way there yet. Mm -hmm. He's you know maybe could be a, a qualifier this year. Yeah. Um, but you know, two three years down the line, it's going to be a a pretty dangerous guy to wrestle. A little interesting stat about uh, Washington. Him and uh, Jacob Moran, Jonathan Moran, were all teammates at the same high school here in Indiana. Um, and then their high school coach, Leroy Vega, um, started coaching at Purdue last year. So when they wrestle Purdue this year, they're going to have to go against their old high school coach, which I found to be now, That is funny. interesting, especially because yeah. a lot of times when they when colleges hire a high school coach, it seems like it's with an eye towards a couple of recruits. Well, I think that was that... kind of the, the plan to try to get Moran. Uh-huh. Um, but I think Moran and Escobedo had a kind of a relationship. Um, but I think Vega wanted to get back into college. He was an All-American at Minnesota back at, whenever mm -hmm. Minnesota had their run in the early 2000s. Um, so, uh, but yeah, just a little interesting tidbit for the listeners out there. Yeah, at 184, Michigan, uh, I don't know if Miles Amin will be back. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's been holding him out so far. Uh, if not, it looks like it'll be Joe Walker again, who's from the state of Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, as a true freshman. Uh, could also be, well, I guess Jelani Embry is probably trying to wrestle 197, so it'll be most likely Walker. Mm -hmm. uh, for Indiana, do you know who it's going to be? Well, against Illinois, they threw on they threw out one sixty five pounder, Drayton Harris for mm -hmm. some reason. Um, yeah, that was pretty surprising. I thought I don't know what's up. They have Sean Grimm. I'm not sure what the deal is with him. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, again, is it one of those deals where they're just holding the guy out? I don't know. But if it is Grimm and it is Walker, I could probably see that being a close match. It's it's a toss-up at this point. It could go either way. Um, for the sake of argument, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Grimm just so IU doesn't get shut out. I mean, that's that's a fair pick. Um... <laughs> but then again, Walker's pretty pretty good. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so you uh, I don't know how, much, how familiar you were with Walker, but what did you think of him? As a, as a prospect coming out of high school? I thought he was the real deal, man. He he is just a tough kid. And he was a he won the state title last year on a broken ankle and just made it look easy almost. Man, I, I actually um, didn't know that part. He, uh, yeah, he came in and he actually drilled with uh, Cooper Norrie, who uh, wrestles for Purdue. He was one of the guys I coached. Um, they actually drilled together um, a little bit at the state tournament. Um, but yeah, he had a broken ankle, and I thought that he was probably one of the more exciting guys to come out um, of Indiana in a minute just because of his upside. Usually the big recruits that we get, we kind of know where they're headed. You know, you got your searches and your house and guys like that. And we kind of know the trajectory or the trajectory that they're on, Walker has so much upside that 
you know, he could really be a surprise here in a couple of years. Well, that, that's definitely good to hear. It seems like he's been a little bit overmatched. Yeah, and, um, I, I mean, he, he had a freshman. close match with Maryland, yeah. but yeah, it's it's probably going to be tough for him to you know be in the lineup, having kind of you know he didn't have the fall open tournament schedule. He's probably had some kind of irregularities with his training. But I think long-term, sounds like the uh, future's bright for him. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Uh, 197 is going to be a little bit of a question mark maybe for Michigan. We thought going into the year it would be Jelani Embry. Andrew Davison was the wrestler at 197. Uh, and Michigan did not bring any other 97s to do extra matches. Uh, so I don't know if that means the other guys are hurt, if they, if Davison's just killing him in the room or what uh davison also a guy from indiana another indiana mm-hmm. state champ uh austin time fargo champ mm-hmm. yeah he, who do you think he matches up against from uh from the hoosiers it's definitely going to be nick wilhelm um wilhelm um he probably one of the bigger bright spots um for indiana over the last year or so he's really grown um a guy that wasn't a state champ in indiana but um he ran into a buzzsaw, you know, Silas Allred, who actually is at Nebraska now. Um, tough kid. He was actually sixth at UWW Juniors this fall. Um, ton of upside. A lot like Joseph Walker, a guy that maybe sneaks under the radar a little bit. Tons of upside. Great athlete and can push some people. Um, and definitely can surprise some people. Is he going to beat any of the top guys probably not in fact he has a loss to lucas davison um who is andrew's brother um and that was last year i believe at i don't remember i don't know where that was at um but you know i I, if i think he probably matches up worse with um embry but um you know I, i i see a michigan win here either way but nick could keep it close for sure against davison Mm-hmm. And Davison, um, I'm hoping he's just kind of needs some mat time to sharpen up a little bit. He basically hasn't been healthy his whole college career, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he hasn't uh, really matched the level of his brother, Lucas, who's been uh, like a top 15 guy for Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrew is one of those guys that coming out of high school we thought was going to be the next coming of a how or a, or a guy like that, um, you know, multiple time Fargo champ and, but you know, those, those injuries and the grind of the college season can really catch up with you. So, um, I really hope that he can have a good year this year. Make me, um, feel pretty good. His dad's a good guy. His brother's a good kid. I'd like to see, see him do well. Mm-hmm. And, um, Garrett Hoffman, um, <clears throat> was a, a national qualifier for Bucknell. He's transferred in at 197. Do you know anything about him, if he might get into the lineup at some point? That's a good question. Um, I, I could see that happening, sure. And if it would be, it, it could be here. Because um, you could make the argument that Hoffman probably matches up better with, with Davison. They could probably maybe even win if they didn't want to, you know, give up too much with already a duel that's kind of iffy in a couple spots, and you're not sure. 
and again, it's it's one of those things. It's like the question mark at at 49. It was the question mark um, at 84 or 33. It's just like some of the decisions that uh, the coaching staff made were not quite sure on. So. Yeah, so I was just looking. He, uh, uh, January 12th, which is the day we're recording this, but January 12th of 2018, so three years ago, he injury defaulted out of a match. He did not wrestle the rest of the year. Uh, he missed the entire next season. Uh, then last year he wrestled one match, and that was it. So it seems like he just has not been able to stay healthy, and maybe um, it's the same problem again. Could be, yeah. Uh, so moving on to uh, heavyweight, and I'm, I'm just realizing now how many kids from Indiana are on the Michigan right. team. It's uh, Mason Paris uh, had a, a pretty good opening weekend. Uh, I think a major and a pin uh, taking on probably Jacob Bullock. Yeah, I would assume um, the other I, the other IU heavyweights got are not are definitely not <laughs> ready for uh, Mason Paris. I think Bullock and his size probably give IU the best chance to not give up a fall, if you want to know the truth here. Uh, probably still a tech fall. Um, but then again, the big chungus seems to be pinning everybody, so mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it matters who IU throws out because um, I think this year was kind of a throw-up between Streck and Bullock. Um uh, it just kind of has turned into the Bullock show, it looks like. Um, I know uh, Eirik, he is redshirting, even though it's a weird year. But um, And Cornwell, he was, he's kind of vast. He's undersized. Um, he was a 220 in high school. and Honestly, I, I'm not sure he is ready for the Big Ten, mm-hmm. if you want to know the truth. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping this is just a case of Indiana kind of just not having that match sharpness just yet you know maybe their their training's been a little bit different but uh it, it seemed like Bullock should not have gotten majored against Luke Luffman last week it, yeah I again um I could sense the the frustration um and coach Escobedo he even said something like we need to take a look inside ourselves and that's not really a good sign mm-hmm. um if you're the head coach and you and after the first meet of the year you're saying you got to look inside yourself especially when you're getting ready to take on the second best team in the country so mm-hmm. um so I, I hope maybe he's got something fixed and they can make this a little bit more competitive but you know and that's what he was brought in for right um mm-hmm. angel was brought in he was brought back to fix it because iu has kind of been the bottom feeder for a few years and I know people here in the state have kind of been sick of it, and we've lost all our good recruits to outside schools. Um, you know, I mean, just look at Michigan's lineup. The the top three in their lineup are Indiana guys. And then you got Michich at 133, so that's four of your ten. Of your ten. Mm-hmm. And those are all big recruits out of Indiana, not to mention the other guys that have gone other places. You know, so Angel has been brought in to bring in these guys, and I think he has done a good job of doing that, but he still has a ways to go, it looks like. Um, and, of course, this COVID year does not make it right. any easier. 
What uh, what do you think needs to be done to turn the program around? Is it just getting the in-state kids to you know stay home? Is there is it bringing in outside kids? What what's got to change? I think you got to keep a majority of the good in-state kids, and I think that he's done a good job. Like I said, getting some of these guys, the Garcias and the Rooks. Um, Nick South was a big get. Washington was a good mm-hmm. get. Um, you know, but he missed out on you know guys like. Allred, um, and, and that kind of hurt us um, as as a you know I say us but you know it, it hurts them you know um, and originally guys like Paul Conrath and Brock Hudkins weren't even at IU they were at you know Paul Conrath was at was at Wisconsin mm-hmm. Hudkins was at Northern Illinois and they came back so I I just think getting the those kids and then maybe being able to bring in a couple bigger guy, names top 10 recruits from out of state to kind of shore up the lineup cuz you know Indiana is a solid wrestling state you know our, I mean our big recruits are in other lineups right now Purdue is also snatching up all our good kids um so it, it seems to be a battle between those two for the state, and then you got Michigan poaching in a little bit. Um, you know, Michigan State has gotten some guys in the last few years. Um, Northwestern, who initially had um, Michich and had Sertzis, and um, they had uh, Mitch Sliga whenever Mitch Sliga was going on a tear back in the day. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just um, one of those things, and I think. A big thing that could help turn IU around is if they can land um, somebody like a Jesse Mendez, who is one of the top wrestlers in the country at his weight class, and you know has wrestled at Fargo and been on world teams. He was on the Cadet World Team. Somebody like that, you get them and try to get some other guys around him because um, he'll probably end up being a 41 ish guy maybe a 33 um you know right there in uh, escobito's wheelhouse you got a guy like searches in there uh, right now um you've got um uh gosh i'm going blank assistant um uh jordan is it yeah jordan in there right now which is a good hire i think angel is making the right moves as far as being a fan of this program, you got to be a little more patient. I think it's going to take a few more years to really kind of set the um, the culture back to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot to be in. Um, you know, it's, it's you know got some talent nearby, but then you look around and realize right now you're probably you know for that you know high school kid you know trying to make his decision, kind of that kid's worst option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to position yourself as a better option is, is tough. Yeah, especially when you got Purdue in the state who has mm-hmm. made tremendous jumps and who has been competitive. I mean, they put three in the Big Ten Finals last year. I believe it was three, right? Yes. It was no. Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder, Coleman, and... Uh, at 97, did they make it? Uh, Maybe. Lighty, no, Lighty didn't make it. Right? Uh, he, uh, no, it was Hall and Cameron. L- Lighty was good though. He was a, a top. Yeah, five he was. Guy. He was probably the third or fourth best guy in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have those guys. I mean, 
Purdue is doing the damn thing right now, and IU needs to kind of get after it. So I think it'll be another year or two for IU. Again, really building that foundation for Coach Escobedo, and, and then maybe we'll be talking about this duel here in a couple of years, and it'll be a little closer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Austin. Um, before you go, uh, do you have a match recommendation? Just a wrestling match you think everybody listening to this should go watch? Um, as far as IU goes, I think you should go ahead and give Donnell Washington or DJ Washington um, a look. I think he's going to be a future star here for IU. Um, he wrestled Trey Sizemore last week. I think if you want to get yourself familiar with him, I think that'd be a good one. Um, and then um, take a look at also Jacob Mur or uh, yeah Jacob Moran. Um, if you want, I think again, he's another kid that, that could make a difference here for, for the Hoosiers. Excellent. And, um, Austin, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm the host of changing levels podcast. So, uh, my podcast comes out every week on Fridays. Um, Jack has actually joined me a couple of times. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at air early. Uh, my podcast is at changing LVLS. And if you haven't listened to it, Austin's podcast has some really good interviews with, uh, he had, uh, Mark Schultz on, he had, uh, Jay LaValle, who is a, uh, largely self-taught or, um, you know, taught kind of outside the mainstream, the typical route that you would take to being a wrestling coach, um, and has, um, a, re a really good connection with his guests, and they're always great interviews. Uh, you can find me, go ahead. No, I just want to say thanks okay. and appreciate it. Yeah, you can find me uh, at Oldest Greatest on Twitter, and you can find the show at Mitch WrestlePod. All right, Austin, thanks for coming on. No problem, Jack. You're doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to listening to more of your show. Thank you. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time.